Hello and welcome to Grow Up Summer School, an APG Canada podcast where we give strategic thinkers and creative tinkers opportunities to grow. I'm your host, Michelle Lee, and this week on the show, we will be talking about how to thrive in your strategy career, which will cover everything from how to be a great leader to how to shift to freelance to today, how to start your own agency and keep it going. Today, we're talking to Jason Last, Partner and Strategy Director at Conflict. Just before we dive in, we'd like to give a special shout out to the team at Forsman and Bowden Four for sponsoring today's episode. As one of Canada's leading supporters of strategic planning, they've shown a keen interest in continuing to help us foster and strengthen Canada's strategic talent. And for that, we thank you. Now let's get into the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Jason Last from uh, Conflict, and uh, I'm, a, I'm a strategic planner. So strategy director and partner at Conflict, and I've, I've spent you know my entire career in brand strategy roles, um, started out actually as the first ever intern in, in the strategy department at John Street and um, worked my way up there for, for several years before taking an opportunity at Leo Burnett to, to help lead strategy across um, their, their TD bank business at the time and some international Kellogg's work. And then I went back to John Street uh, to help be part of a, a new management team that they were putting together. And, uh, and to co-lead the strategy department there with, with Megan Towers. And that's when I met, uh, my now business partner, Niall Kelly, who, um, who had come over to John Street as its new creative director. And Niall and I worked very closely together for several years at John Street on a bunch of different brands from Tangerine Bank and Maple Leaf Foods and, and several others and created a really great professional sort of relationship, um, that, that turned into, you know, starting our own agency and, we did that about five years ago and uh, started out at Niles Kitchen Table, as I like to say, with no clients, just uh, just a dream. And, uh, and, and, you know, we've been building it ever since. And so we're, we're about five years in now and um, work with companies in, in all sorts of industries from financial services to entertainment and travel and beer and uh, retail and, 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 and so on. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's a bit about us. So I'm I'm curious, how did you go from intern to entrepreneur? Like, was this kind of a thing that you had, had you had this idea for a while? Um, you know, I always thought I would say as I, as I sort of became comfortable in the industry and started having success in the industry, you know, I think you can't help but imagine what it would be like to be, to be running things a little bit more. And, um, you know, I, so I certainly thought about it through the lens of, um, more of a leadership position, whether it was in, you know, uh, someone else's agency or potentially doing it, um, doing something of my own. I, I wouldn't say it was something that was like a master plan that I was working towards or anything. It, it, it really emerged as a result of, of meeting Niall and, um, and realizing the kind of compatibility we had together and what we were able to do when we worked together. And so. Yeah, it, it was for me almost entirely around um, meeting the right person. Yeah, great. All right. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I'm really curious, especially with the, the last two years, uh, what kind of impact that's had uh, on on your on your shop. And, you know, maybe you're going to talk us through some of the tips that you might have for other folks who are thinking about scratching this itch. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, well, why don't I just jump, in, jump into it? I'm sure there will be... Um, I'll try to allude to the last few years and how some of these tips have sort of come in handy in, in really challenging times because I think they're actually um, the, the last two years I would say they've actually been great for us in terms of 
um, solidifying our vision and, and, and growing our business. So we feel really fortunate about that. But there are there are things that come up in especially challenging times that you know test test your agency and I think test your partnership as a as a business founder if you're if you're partnered with others. And so hopefully these tips will help. Um, in the inevitable event that another challenging period emerges, uh, not to be a downer, but uh, to be a realist, probably. Okay, so I, I'm going to give you five points that I think are really central to probably starting a, a business in any industry, but I think that have been really central to, to Niall and I starting and growing something together for five years. And the first one I, I mentioned to you a minute ago, Michelle, was that it all kind of came together when, when I met the right person. So I'd say the very first tip is if you're going to partner with someone and, and in advertising and design and, and fields like ours, creative fields where collaboration is really um, important, there's a good chance you are going to partner with someone. If, if you partner with someone, choose them really, really wisely. And, uh, you know, there's a, a few different aspects to that that I'll get into. The first one being, there needs to be, you know, a real synergy between what you bring to the table. There needs to be some complementary skills. For Niall and I, it was that sort of, um, that synergy, synergy between strategy and creative, which we had been, you know, um, sort of blossoming together when we were at John Street. And, um, you know, he's a very strategic creative person who who wants to have a sort of bulletproof logic to the idea and I'm all about bulletproof logic and uh and, and you know being very fascinated and interested in contributing to the creative process so there was a mutual respect there and bringing different things to the table that are really important when you're choosing a partner mm-hmm. um I think there's other aspects of it though that are maybe equally important there's you know a sort of career stage and life stage element to partnership that that realistically is just sort of central to whether it's going to work. I mean, for Niall and I, we were in very different, or sorry, very similar career stages. We we're at the same agency at John Street. We we're both on the management team. We we're in leadership positions in, in you know, uh, our respective departments. Um, we both had young families. We both had mortgages. We We both expected to be working and wanted to be working for many more years. And, and so when we thought about what, you know, risks really were involved in starting our own thing, we, we could talk in a really transparent and authentic way with total sort of like contextual alignment between our lives and what it would mean to do this in our lives. And there wasn't like fundamental differences between what this would mean for each of us. And so that allowed us to, to sort of contextualize risk together in a way that um, I think made us both really comfortable. And I, I imagine if we were in different career stages or different life stages, that might have been quite a bit harder. And then the third thing I'd say in terms of choosing your partners really wisely is that there needs to be total alignment on your vision for the business and your values and what you're trying to get out of it. And I would say that would be my second big point which is that you need to know what you want and you need to know what you want in a really nuanced way. And so one of the exercises that, that Niall and I did very early on is we sort of mapped out what we think success and failure would look like for us in starting a business. Um, and we did that across a bunch of different facets. We did, 
you know, what are financially, what would that look like? What would, you know, uh, obviously what would our expectations be in terms of this being successful and sustainable financially? We talked about work-life balance. We talked about the kind of clients and people we want to be doing work for and the kind of work we want to be doing with them. We talked about the kind of talent we would want to be able to attract to our company and with the kind of culture we'd want to be able to create and maintain and, you know, the way we want people to feel and working at our company. And we just had, you know, a bunch of different categories that we envisioned together what success and failure look like. And that has been totally central to, to our company, you know, without alignment on those things. I think it's inevitable that you're going to hit points in your business where, um, you know, different people want different things and something might, an opportunity might emerge that feels like it's counter to the happiness of one person, the vision of one person, but maybe very attractive to another. And, and, and I think a lot of businesses potentially fall apart or, or or there's friction created in, in business partnerships because they haven't really they don't really understand what each other want and perhaps they want different things and are motivated by different things. So for Niall and I, it was, it was so essential that we had alignment on what we're looking for. And, and the fact that we have that alignment has been really helpful because it gives us a filter for decision making. And we're on the total same page when it comes to that filter. And we know what we say yes to and we know what we say no to because we know what we want. And so that would lead me to my third point. Which is, if you've got a vision and you've got a business strategy, you're going to have to say no to a lot of things. And you're going to have to get comfortable, you know, sort of not apologizing for being committed to your business strategy. Like there's some things that are going to fit with what you want to do and where you're going. And then there's other things that aren't going to fit. And you've got to be very comfortable um, saying no in a graceful way to opportunities that don't fit. And in the early days of starting a business, I think that's particularly challenging because, you know, you're, you're, you're really bootstrapping things. Like you're obviously you're trying to make something happen. And so any opportunity feels like it's a yes. And certainly it was for us in, in year one, just about everything is a yes because you're, you're trying to build the foundation at that point. But, but quickly, once you get going, you're going to start looking back at your your sort of map and your vision of what you're trying to get out of this and what you want to be doing. And you're going to realize that you're getting calls sometimes that are opportunities you really shouldn't say yes to. And you're going to realize, oh, you've said yes to things that you probably shouldn't have. And you're going to reflect on those and you're going to think about, oh, we really shouldn't do that again. And you're going to have to get disciplined around that. And I think the discipline to be able to say no to opportunities that financially aren't where they need to be or from a from a sort of work opportunity aren't the kind of work you want to be doing you got to get comfortable doing that and you got got to find a way to not be apologetic about that and i think um it's funny we we use this phrase uh niall and i that you know that sort of never apologize thing and it sounds sort of harsh but we we found ourselves in the early days um you know, we'd be approached by an opportunity and, and perhaps the budget wasn't there um, to be a fit with the kind of services that we offer. But it would sort of just hang there in an awkward way as if like, well, maybe the budget could be, a, maybe we could adjust so that so that it would fit. 
And and a few times we did that, you know, out of out of the sort of pressure to to you know just be say have say yes to people. Like you want to say yes, you're used to saying yes. And I think especially in Canada, potentially, you're used to you know you're not you're used to saying yes and and, and not, you know um, uh, being apologetic if situations come up often where where there's awkwardness that you could easily resolve just by sort of, for example lowering the prices. But we we realize that that's totally not the way the world works in any other category. Like we we sometimes talk about Tesla and like if you walk into a Tesla dealership and you really want a car there but you, you just can't afford it, like they don't apologize to you about that. They're not like squirming and being all awkward about how can they make this better and make this less awkward. They're just sort of it's just a reality. And you know if they're a good salesperson, they'll probably direct you towards something that's a better fit for your budget. And, and that's exactly what we do. We got really used to right-sizing projects to be, you know, the right fit of services and budget um, and, and not apologizing when certain things couldn't fit or, or directing clients to or potential clients to, to others within our network who might be a better fit for them in terms of services or budget. And so we got really, really comfortable with this idea that if you want to have a, a business strategy and actually execute it, you got to say no quite often. And, and, uh, and, and you need to have those filters for knowing what you want to allow you to determine when it's a yes and when it's a no. Um, I'd say a fourth one is kind of tied to that. You know, I just talked about an example when, for example, financial expectations aren't, aren't where they need to be in order for it to be a yes. Sometimes opportunities will emerge that can be very attractive on some facets, let's say financial, but but not really a great fit on others that you've determined, whether it's the kind of work-life balance you want to have or whether it's the kind of actual work you want to be doing that makes you feel happy and fulfilled, um, the kind of relationship you think you're going to be able to have with, with the client in question. And so we have this principle that Niall heard, I think, from uh, Rob Gannetta, Taxi, back in the day, which is... Don't let short-term greed get in the way of long-term greed, you know, and it's this idea of don't, don't necessarily chase every big financial opportunity that emerges. Um, because, you know, the opportunities can change the direction of your company and, you know, sometimes drastically so. And so, you know, we've, we've gotten really comfortable with this idea that this is a long-term play for us. We're, this is the rest of our lives. You know, we're thinking about the, the, the marathon that is running a business as opposed to the sprint. And I think in our industry, there's, and, and in many industries, there's just this obsession, it seems, with growth. And, um, I think the metric that often comes forward in our industry around that is headcount. Like, you know, the, the number of people you are is, it, you know, determines how you're doing. And, and for us, it's it's just been totally the opposite of that because we we have a vision that isn't tied to to maybe the growth that um you know uh, that other agencies may may have and so we've been very conscious about what kind of work we do who we work with and how we want to grow and that's tied to that idea of really long term happiness and fulfillment as a business owner versus um you know. Um, thinking about this is how, how can we build this qu as quickly as possible? Um, 
And then I'd say the last one, and I'm sure others might come up as we talk, but last one that comes to mind is, is this idea that running a business can be, can be really challenging. It's, it, it can look really glamorous when you see entrepreneurial shows on TV or if you're on Instagram, you're reading about some startup that seems like it was built overnight. The reality is that it can be quite difficult. There's all sorts of challenges. And, um, and perspective is so central to, I think, the sustainability of, of a company and, and its founders. And so we have this, this kind of philosophy that if something isn't fun, then, then make it funny. Um, and I think I heard that I was listening to Pearl Jam radio on Sirius XM one day. And I think there was an interview where they said that that's sort of a principle for their band. And of course, they've been a really long standing band that's managed to, create together for many, many years, more than most bands. And I think running an agency is similar. Like you kind of like a band, you know, like you need to, you need to be able to keep perspective and you need to be able to have fun together and you need to be able to laugh together. And, um, I think it, that that's so central. I, I certainly saw it when we were um, working at John street and the, the kind of, uh, sense of humor, that the founders of John Street had the relationships they had is just really having fun together. And, um, I think when you're having fun together, things tend to work out. And so we, we're really conscious of making sure we're having fun, you know, and that we're actually enjoying what we're doing. Um, because if you're not enjoying what you're doing and you're not able to keep perspective and you're finding yourself miserable all the time, then, you know, I imagine you've got to ask yourself why you did it and why you're continuing to do it. And so, so keeping perspective, having fun, maintaining a sense of humor is, um, I think a, a, a critical, a critical mindset to have as a, biz, a business owner when, when things get inevitably challenging. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now there's some really great tips there. And I think, you know, that, that last one, you, you kind of can't overstate its importance. It seems so simple and it makes so much sense. Um, but it really is so central to, to everything. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, when you were talking about kind of mapping out your success and failures and, and, you know, I like this idea of using it as a bit of a filter, knowing what to say yes to and no to helping you make decisions. Is that something that you guys kind of refer back to regularly? Is it a bit of a living document? Does it, does it evolve and change? Has it changed over the time? It's, it's, you know, it's fairly innate for us now because we, um, we've just, evaluated and assessed the number of opportunities now that you're able to, we're we're able to pretty quickly categorize um, things. But I I think, you know, in the early days, no, I mean, it is a living document. It's something that we refer back to when we, when we um, have our year end leadership meeting um, with our managing director, Tamara Staines as well. And we, you know, we, we chart how we're doing and, and we, and we specifically look at, what happened that year that was um, sort of contradictory to the vision we mapped out? And, you know, every year the goal was fewer and fewer things happened. We, we did fewer and fewer projects that weren't the right fit. We made fewer and fewer business decisions that were not aligned to our vision. And I, I think it's something that is, we'll, we'll always do. I don't think we'll ever have absolute perfection on that front. But um, yeah, I think that's something that's living and that's tangible and that you need to be able to refer back to and measure yourself against so that you're keeping yourself honest and, and you're keeping your strategy sort of at, at the forefront of your actual decisions. 
Um, but I, you know, it, it, the other thing we did early days, and it's funny, I, I, all, all sorts of things that we do for clients that are really helpful to do for ourselves. And so, you know, for example, we've, we've, we've actually, I won't share the exact way we've done this, but we've, we've mapped out in our way sort of personas when it comes to client opportunities and we're able to pretty quickly determine, um, where things fall. And, uh, I, I recommend any business doing that. I mean, our, we, we do that for our clients' businesses all the time and help them understand their customers in a really intuitive way. And I think, you know, business owners should try to understand their customers in a really intuitive way as well. So, um, you know, you've played a few different roles in your career, you, you know, obviously like a, a hands-on strategist, you've been a department head, and now you're kind of entrepreneur, you, you have your own business. How have those different hats, like, t- tell me a little bit about the differences between those. And, and, and so what are you like, have you been able to morph all of those together now? Or are you are you still actually working on pieces of, of business? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, our, our vision was to, you know, be you know, active, I'm an active strategist. Now I was an active creative. And, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, that, that's, that's a big part of just the vision of our agency that when you work with us, you're, you're actually working with us. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think what, what surrounds that is, you know, there's, there's management of people. And, and, and I think that's something that we, um, have had experience at from previous agency roles and so you know we we went into it without being totally green on that front but certainly the actual leadership of of a business you know managing finances and hr and it and you know just all the details that go into actually running a business have, have all been a total learning curve and you know i mean that's that that's tied to the kind of if it's not fun it's got to be funny because you're going to be a total noob when it comes to a lot of elements of uh, r- running a business because you've just never done it before and you're going to learn on the fly and you're going to have to be comfortable not being great at things right away and, and learning from mistakes and, and all that stuff that come with, you know, just getting experience in something you haven't had experience in before. But I would say those skill sets, a big part of it is just, you know, a, a sort of perspective and mindset you know i would say both Niall and i have a really natural growth mindset as individuals like we really like learning new things and we're really curious people and i think we're we're pretty confident as well in our capabilities and so challenges are attractive to us and um and i think that's probably a big element that has you know, I guess when you when you think of it through that perspective, it's maybe not surprising that we became entrepreneurs. But um, that was even if that was never really the the master plan. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what's the single thing that surprised you the most about having your own business that you weren't anticipating before this? Mm, the single thing. It would be tough to boil it down to one because there have been so many. Mm. There, there's been just so many surprises. I think. I think when you work for like I, I would say I went, you know, the first 10 years of my career, and I would say most people, the vast majority of people working in agencies are in this position. You really don't know how your company works necessarily. Like you don't know how it makes money. You don't know how much money it makes. You don't know 
how staffing decisions are made. You're like, you're not really privy to the actual operations of, of the company. And, you know, Niall and I got um, quite a bit more insight into that once we became on the management team at John Street, but you still don't really know exactly how, how an agency works. Like you, you go into work every day and assignments are, on your desk proverbially and, and you just work on it, right? Like and, and you think and that's how your life is. You you work on projects that the agency has. But as it relates to like the whole funnel of bringing those projects in and you know thinking about your client relationships and how those can be nurtured and all that stuff, it's hard at the individual level within a larger agency to fully appreciate how much goes into running the business of an agency. And so I think that would be just the, the largest surprise. Not that it was like a shocker that that would happen, but the surprise of actually learning to a certain extent, you know, get, getting really deep insight on your business as you become a business owner. Like you would think maybe perhaps you really know what you're doing once, <laughs> once you start a business, but you actually, you really learn about your business by creating one, if that makes sense. It sounds like it's a bit of an awkward phrasing, but I think that's uh, the most accurate way I can describe it. So did you bring someone in like on the finance side or new biz or operations? Or- no, we've, uh, we, we've largely managed things ourselves. I mean, certainly we have uh, a, a really important uh, accountant relationship that is is almost serving as a bit of a CFO role for us. But in terms of day-to-day financial management, um, you know, human resources, tech management, all, you know, attracting talent, uh, attracting new business, all we, we were wearing all those hats. And, and it's because we really want to, like there are, there are certain, as we're growing, there are certainly specific tasks that we're, we're um, letting go of and other people are taking on. And that's really helpful. But I, I don't see a situation where Niall and I aren't just deeply, deeply involved in, in pretty much all aspects of our business. Um, it's just kind of tied to the vision of, of what makes us happy. Yeah. Um, so, so five years, I mean, that's, that's quite a feat. Cause I think, you know, a lot of businesses fail within the first couple. So, um, have you kind of mapped out the, the next five? What's, what are your, what are your future plans? Yeah. You know, like, again, like we have, we have a vision of when, at what point in terms of like size and that sort of thing, do we think we would actually, what would be, we'd be uncomfortable with? Like at what point do we think the vision we've made tied to what makes us happy starts to fall apart? Mm. But we don't have any, we don't have any sort of urgency around, um, getting somewhere. Like we're not, we're not, um, we, we set goals for ourselves every year and, you know, we're looking to see improvement on everything every year. You know, we're looking to see financial improvement. We're looking to produce better work and have, you know, even better client relationships and even stronger, you know, organic growth opportunities and all that stuff. Um, but, uh, but I think one of our biggest strengths is, is that we're not like, we're not really hungry to force anything to happen. You know, we, and, and I, I just think it's a, it's a powerful position to be in, or at least we feel like it is for us because, um, 
it, it allows us to really stay true to, to who we are and what we want and, and not feel pressured to, to chase something that doesn't make sense for us. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, we have, we have, it's kind of tied to the original vision. Um, you know, it's, is we're, we're continuing to be on our way to executing it. And, um, and yeah, I think the next five years is just going to be a continuation of that. Yeah. Great. Well, I mean, I really appreciate you you joining us and wish you guys continued success. It's uh, fantastic to hear your side of the story. Amazing. Thanks, Michelle. You're welcome. Thank you for joining this week's episode of Grow Up. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share this episode, and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts.